0: to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, or turn in your order of worship, because I'm reading from the King James Version this evening, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. The text should be printed in your order of worship. This King James includes the last part that your ESV will not, and that's why I've included That's why we're having the King James Version this evening. So Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, before we hear God's word read, let's go to him again in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we need the illuminating power of your Spirit that we might understand the meaning of this final petition, this prayer for your glory. Amen. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, hear now the precious word of God. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Ever been in, have you ever been in one of those situations that you needed someone to get you out of? It might be that you have some family member coming over and you know how that one uncle tends to be. He is likely to corner you while you have gone to the punch bowl and pepper you with politics. It might be that your car has broken down on the side of the road and you need to call dad for him to come. Many parents prepare their teenagers who are, say, about to head to a party. They prepare them by telling them to call or text them a certain word or phrase, a code word, typically a silly word. But that, will, that word will tip off the parents that some, there is some danger, that they, they want their parents to come and get them. We know what it's like to have our conversationalist uncle or relative step in and engage that uncle. We feel the relief when dad picks up the phone, drops everything else, and drives to your help. Though it might sound silly, we are glad that we had that code word so dad and mom would know that we need them right away. But sometimes we know what it is like to be left alone with a kind but opinionated uncle. Sometimes anxiety is compounded when dad is unable to pick up the phone and come to your help. Sadly, some have found themselves in situations in which they were not able to get themselves out, and great harm was done to them. As weak creatures who live in a sinful, fallen world, we all depend on deliverance from evil. It is, then, a huge relief to know that whenever we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place, the Father, who is our rock, is always there to help us and in ways that are most wise. In the face of much evil, we plead with our Almighty Father, And king for deliverance. This final petition assumes the presence of evil and thus the need for rescue, the need for deliverance. I don't need to convince you of the presence of evil. You know it all too well, do you not? There is evil in your own heart, first and foremost. Most importantly, Genesis 6 5 says, every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. Or Paul in Romans 3 says that no one is righteous, no, not one. James asks the question in chapter 4, why are you all arguing? Isn't it this? Isn't it because of your own desires? You covet and you don't get and so you murder? Isn't it because your sinful passions are at odds with others? When was the last time you got into a sinful conflict? It could have been in the intervening hours between morning and evening worship. It could have been last night with the spouse. As you reflect on that, you can behold the evil from your own heart, how you have contributed to that. It most likely was something very petty, some small, minor issue that you made into a mountain of a problem. And so we, we cannot agree with Panda Express theology, which I saw in a fortune cookie just a couple of weeks ago. Your good nature will bring you happiness. No, Panda, no. I do not have a good nature. I see my nature at odds with others. I see my own sin, I mean, not as clearly as I ought. I see it, and it, and it wreaks havoc in my life and on others. Oh, no, the Bible doesn't say we have a good nature. It is a nature that is desperately wicked and sick, and who can know it? It cries out for deliverance. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul says. There is evil in our hearts, there is evil in the hearts of those around you, and at times you suffer because of their evil. Paul commended the Christians when they joyfully accepted the plundering of their property. But their faithful reply doesn't negate the sinfulness of that plundering. If they had their druthers, they would have their property. When was the last time someone did something sinful against you? Not not something that just when against your own sensibilities or your own preferences, but something truly sinful. That's evil coming from their heart, and you are suffering because of that evil. There is, as well, evil in the heart of the evil one, the devil himself. And that is one way of translating this petition, deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. It is the devil's desire to seek and to destroy you, We're told in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And when was the last time you felt the devil breathing down your neck? Again, evil. Evil from your heart, evil from the world, evil from others, evil from the devil. There is an evil from within and from without. We face it daily, and so we pray this prayer daily. We ask our Father as William Perkins summarizes, Free us from the power of the flesh, of the devil, and the world. Look at this petition Lead us not into temptation. Does this sound a bit strange to your ears? Don't lead us into temptation? Surely he wouldn't lead us into temptation. What does God have to do with temptations anyways? Isn't that the territory of the devil alone? Do temptations come from God? From the evil one? Scripture is clear that the Lord God does not tempt anyone to sin. That is, it is never his intention to incite you to go against his law. Nor is it in God's divine will to entice you with sinful allurements. He doesn't say, look at that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't you want it? Don't you want it and and, and take it and be like me? Go ahead. I'm telling you not to take it, but really I want you to take it. He doesn't do that. He prohibited Adam and Eve from eating of that tree. Nevertheless, we know that it wasn't the evil one, but it was the holy one who placed Adam and Eve in the garden to begin with. He is their sovereign. He is their almighty creator. This is where it is important to distinguish a test from a temptation, and this is where the Greek language needs to be carefully translated because sometimes this word for temptation can mean trial. Sometimes it's a test, and sometimes it's a temptation It really depends on the translation, depends on the perspective of the one who is issuing, whether it is a test or a temptation. A test is a divine opportunity, an opportunity from God for us to be faithful to Him. Think again of Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes, the Lord placed them in the garden. Yes, the Lord told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day that they eat, it, they shall surely die. But make no mistake, he did not want them to sin. But he offered them a test. This is the probationary period. A test during which they would demonstrate their faithfulness to him, their trust in his word alone. But from the sin within us, we desire to sin and so we are tempted to do so now if you haven't read C.S. Lewis's Screwtape letters you should i'll be referencing a few lines in this service or in this sermon and screwtape he is the uncle demon he's he's a, one of those top level demons and he is advising his nephew demon wormwood on how to really tempt the Christian, and to drive a Christian away from the enemy. Of course, from Satan's perspective, the enemy is God. And Screwtape says to Wormwood, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. It's desire to distract, to pull you away from the things that God has called you to do. You don't need to listen to that word, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't worry about that. Get that word out of your mind. From the sin outside of us, a temptation can be used to entice us to sin. Sin from someone outside of us. Yes, we sin when we give in to our own temptations, our own heart's desire to sin. But sometimes there are temptations that come from without. And we are faced then with a test, a trial from the Lord. Will we be faithful to God? This is how the devil tempted our Savior. Jesus did not have any sinful inclination to obey the devil He couldn't. His heart was not, didn't have a a shred of sin in his heart. There was nothing that was sinfully affectionate in his heart. So the mass of evil, the serpent, tempts the son from the outside, attacks him with his darts. And the son withstands these temptations, is faithful to his father. And our Father permits these temptations as well, these trials then for us. The temptations of the devil become trials for us. A temptation from the devil is a trial from God to test our love for him. A temptation from our heart is God's regular reminder to kill sin by the power of the Spirit. What the devil intends for evil, God intends for our good and his glory. We can apply this truth to the fifth petition when we ask our Father in heaven to forgive us our debts. The devil will accuse you before the Father. That's what he does best. After enticing you to sin, and after you give in to that temptation because of your heart's desire for it, he will then try to deny you. He will then try to accuse you before the Father. Might he seek to deny you assurance of pardon by appealing to your feelings or by saying that you have sinned one too many times? Screwtape again says, when they say they are praying for forgiveness, let them be trying to feel forgiven. Teach them to estimate the value of each prayer by their success in producing the desired feeling. Just because you don't feel forgiven doesn't mean you aren't forgiven. That's a lesson we would do well to remember daily. Just because we don't feel a certain way doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be faithful to our God. How many times do we do things even when we don't feel like it? Of course, our harsh desire is to match our feeling with the mission that God has given us. But usually the feelings will follow if we remain faithful to God. We are instead on surer ground to do away with our heart's temptation and with the devil's temptation by rebuking the evil with the sound word of forgiveness from God. We say, this is what the word of God says. I am forgiven when I ask my father for forgiveness. And his word is a better word than the word of a snake. But we must not deny the devil's presence. We must not think ourselves too enlightened that we forget the reality of the spiritual warfare in which we are engaged. Finished The, the Hobbit a uh, couple days ago. And Tolkien speaks of Smaug, that great dragon. And... He says this, it does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. Ignoring the dragon is not going to solve the problem. Saying that the devil is not around me, is not seeking to devour me, is not the solution. The solution is the means of grace that we have here. The means by which we take hold of deliverance is this prayer. We must be committed to prayer, dear ones, and plead for every possible grace of help. We are praying for protection. That is what we so desperately need, is it not? We are too weak. In the fourth petition, we prayed for sustenance for our earthly needs, our daily bread, In the fifth petition, we pray for the satisfaction of our sinful debts. And now we pray for the safety of our souls that are endangered by the evil everywhere. The evil in our hearts is great. The evil from the evil one is mighty indeed. And do not think that he is a weak foe. He is strong. And to underestimate the devil is folly. We must seek aid from our Father who is not just great, but good. Who is not just mighty, but almighty. Because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Though our foe be mighty, our Savior be mightier still. But this powerful means is what the devil wants us to neglect, that we might be deprived of the needed grace. Again, Screwtape says, keep the patient from the serious intention of praying altogether. Oh, have the Christian neglect prayer. Have him neglect prayer by filling his time with other things, things that could be good in themselves, but when done in excess, or bad for the soul. Have him be engaged in social media and the scrolling. Have him be engaged in binge-watching. You know there's a new feature. Well, I don't know how new it is. It's a feature, I think it's a Netflix, binge-watch mode. So now you can just, you don't have to worry about, yeah, well, click next episode. You just click on binge-watch mode, and then you get hours without, having, without the inconvenience of, yes, next please. Have him neglect prayer by hanging out with his friends. Doing anything and everything that is not engaged in spiritual warfare. Have him pray. But if he prays, have him pray even the Lord's Prayer, but without faith. The devil is happy if we pray the Lord's Prayer each and every Lord's Day, as long as we do it without faith. As long as we do it merely out of habit. Merely out of tradition, because it's a fine sounding prayer, especially when read in the King James Version, because it has the appearance of godliness. The devil is content if we pray in that kind of perfunctory way. And we might be content to say, Well, I prayed that Lord's Prayer. I, I read the scripture, check off all those boxes. Did I think about what I read? Not really, but I read the Bible. Did I spend any time with my father in prayer? Just a little bit. But he knows I have other things to do. Do you want a shadow of righteousness? Do you want a sense of communion? Or do you want the reality thereof? Screwtape finally here says, The only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate the man from the enemy. Remember, God is the enemy. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Just go in your happy way, headed to hell. Without a thought, without a care, without any serious intention of the one who created you. We don't need big sins, Screwtape is saying. Just all those little ones that deny the presence and the power, mercy and grace of God. When you believe that you are praying to your Father in heaven who cares for you, you will seek his face always and forever. You will pray in the Spirit without ceasing. As parents, we love it when our children seek us for physical safety, don't we? Sure, we encourage bravery. We encourage courage. But we hold their hands at a scary house when we go trick-or-treating. We turn the light on so they don't have to enter a dark room. We don't let them go into the Walmart bathroom alone. No, we protect them and we don't look strangely or coldly at them when they want or need our safety. They see us as safe persons, and it is good to be a safe person. What does our Father in heaven do but look compassionately at us and so guide us by his word, by his spirit? No one can snatch us out of his almighty hand because he holds us tightly in his love. He does this even when we face the trials that come our way precisely from this same gracious hand as he leads us through the various trials, as our good shepherd will do. We pray, O Father, do not let us even get near to evil. Dear ones, let us realize that we are too often too near to evil because of our sinful desires. And if you play with fire, you will get fire. If you continue to stoke those embers of your sinful affections, then your heart will be set ablaze with sin and the ruin thereof. Let us then cultivate affections for the Lord A heart set ablaze for the glory of Christ, set ablaze by the grace and mercy of our God. We ask our Father then to kill our sinful affections by the power of His Spirit. And let us also at the same time realize that when He does let evil come near us, He is with us still, bringing us through that trial that we might grow in our trust in him, love for him, and praise to him. The end of verse 13 says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so we end this prayer where we began with the glory of God. We pray all these petitions with the aim of glorifying God and with the confidence that he will be glorified. We do not pray for his name to be hallowed for our name's sake, but for the sake of his name. We don't pray for his kingdom to come for our sake, but for his. We don't pray for his will to be done for our good primarily, but for his glory. We don't pray for food, for a stomach to be filled, but for the heavens and earth to be full of his glory. We don't pray for forgiveness of sins for the sake of our sins, but instead for the manifestation of the mercy of our Father. We don't pray for our deliverance so that we would be delivered, but so that the kingdom power of God would be in full display. We pray all this, and we do so daily knowing that our God reigns, that His reign is forever, His power is unmatched, and His love for His children is. Boundless. And how do we know this, dear ones? He told us. We have his very word. A more sure word than all other words. So he's told us. Not only has he told us, though, he has also shown us in his son, who lived, was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin, died and rose again and is seated at the Father's right hand. It is His kingdom that has no end. It is His rule that goes from sea to sea. His strength that binds the strong man and that drives away the demons. And before His glory, every knee will bow and tongue confess. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this Lord's Prayer We thank you that you have given us this prayer through your Son, that we might be taught and guided on how to come boldly before the throne of grace and how to address our petitions with the primary focus of the glory of you, our God, and also with a thoughtful mindset of our own needs, our earthly and spiritual needs, that we might have those met to be faithful to you, O oh Lord, help us to meditate on this prayer. Help us to pray it with faith and even to be transformed through the praying. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.